morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. As, as we mentioned, the theme of today, the theme of the service, is two words, one thought. God cares. In light of certainly things that have taken place in our nation and in light of what took place in Las Vegas in the senseless shooting, there are certainly many questions that are going through hearts and lives and minds around the United States. And certainly in the midst of debate of issues, there are questions. One of those questions tends to be the why question. Why did something like this happen? Why, why didn't God uh, somehow prevent this? We know that God is, is capable and powerful, but, but why? We know that God's created us with individual mind and individual choice and in the midst of a life of sin, and yet when people react this way, we say, why, why, why? Maybe you've come into this place this morning as a result of something that has taken place in your own life just in the, the span of the last day or the last week or the last month or things that you have been wrestling with maybe in your home life, in your physical life, in your physical body and the needs of somebody near and dear to your heart. And maybe you have some of those same questions. We say, why God? Why am I going through this? Or why am I going through this again? Or why am I going through this on top of this on top of this? Why is our family being faced with this? Why, why, why? We have all these questions, and many of them are directed towards God. We say, God, do you know that I'm here? Do you know that I exist? Do you understand what's taking place? And, and more than, than that, do you, do you care, God? We have questions. This morning, I want to invite you to the book of James. It's a rather familiar portion of Scripture to many. And as I indicated just a little bit ago in our, our service, we're going to have our prayer time at the conclusion of our service. As we look to the Word of God and we look to the thought that, yes, God knows and God cares, James in chapter 5 is going to assure us of a number of ways that God cares about us. And then in response to God, in response to His Word, in response to what He has to encourage you and I, we're then going to do what God's Word says and go to Him in prayer. So get ready. Get ready with some notes. Get ready with hearing from the Lord. And get ready to come down front a little bit later and believe for God to do His work in your life your situation, and in your need. In the midst of the difficulties, in the midst of the challenges that you might have brought with you to church this morning, know that God knows. Nothing that you and I have faced or experienced this particular week or last week or last month or this past year, nothing has caught God by surprise to where God said, now what? God's not scratching his head saying, now what do I do? This has taken place. God understands. God is aware. God knows exactly what you and I are faced with. But more than knowing, 
God cares. So I want to invite you to James chapter 5 and beginning in verse 13 as we see, first of all, that God cares about our emotional needs. Verse 13, we read this. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Other versions might read this way. Anyone among you suffering or anyone among you afflicted? Anyone in the midst of hardship or difficulty or trouble? That might affect or indicate many of us to have some challenges, to have some hardships, to have some difficulties and struggles. James is talking about a lot of the emotional pain that comes from difficulties. In fact, a prevention magazine survey a number of years ago found that almost 75% of individuals feel that they have great stress one day a week, with one out of three indicating they feel this way more than twice a week. Now, that survey is from a number of years ago. I would venture to say those numbers are a little low. There is probably more than 75% of individuals who say they feel some great stress once a week. And it's probably significantly more than one in three who feel that way on a, at least a couple of days a week. Another study said it's estimated that 75 to 90% of visits to primary care physicians are stress-related. We have physical issues, we have emotional and stress-related issues that can affect many other things, and James is saying, you're faced with issues, you're faced with trials and hardships and difficulties. If that's you, let them pray. Let them seek God. Why? Because God cares. The, the correct response in a time of suffering, the correct response in a time of difficulty and hardship is to pray. It's to connect to God. It's to go to the source. It's not just prayer to be delivered out of our issues or problem. Now, that's our preferred method, true? True. When, when we're in the midst of challenge or hardship or difficulty, our prayer most of the time looks like this, God, get me out of this. We typically don't pray for the grace to make it through. We say, God, get me out. We talked about this a little bit on Wednesday night in our Bible study, working our way through Psalm 119. But the fact of the matter is, yes, in some cases and in many cases, God does just that. He is mighty and powerful, and he cares about you and I in the fact that, yes, on some occasions, he comes and he just, it's kind of like the claw in the games, right? Those little, uh, put the coins in, you get the claw that comes down and it grabs that, that prize and it picks it up from here and places it over here. That happens at times, and God will do that. God will literally step in and just bring us out of our situation and set us down in another situation where it is safe and strong and stable, and we are thankful for that. And yet we wish, like the claw game that we play for our kids, that it would happen every single time. 
I don't understand. I don't know why God heals sometimes and not others. Why God takes us out of these situations sometimes and not others. But James says, if you're going through some stuff like that, pray. Because God cares. And we can do that. And we can trust and pray and believe that God would remove us from the situation or remove the situation from our lives. But should he choose not to, should that not take place, guess what? We can pray and say, God, would you help me? Would you walk me through this? We brought up this scripture on Wednesday night from the famous Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. David didn't finish it. He didn't say, because I am awesome, David. Because I am mighty and strong, and I've got the slingshot to beat all slingshots. He said, I will fear no evil, because thou, because you, O God, are with me. In the midst of hardship, difficulty, stress, whatever it might be, we can come to God, we can trust in God, because God cares for you. God cares for me. He will provide that patience and the strength needed to endure the difficulties. We'd rather not walk through it that way, but aren't you glad we've got someone to walk through it with us? Jesus himself in Luke chapter 12, verses 29 through 31, he said, And do not seek what you would eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. And then Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, he says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In other words, both Jesus and Luke and Paul and Philippians, they're saying, don't stress, but pray. Trust in God. Seek after Him. Put Him first. Rely upon His strength. Rely upon His resources. Because, boy, when you and I face difficulties, aren't we reminded how short we are with resources? We say, God, I know what to do about a sniffly nose, but this, I don't have a clue. God, I mean, I know how to go to the, to the grocery store and, and buy some ibuprofen, but, but, but this, God, how do I take care of this doctor bill? God, I, I know who to turn to in, a, in this kind of situation, but, but not the one I've just found myself in. And we feel overwhelmed. We feel that we don't know what to do, where to turn, and God's encouraging us to go to Him. Why? Because God cares. Now, the last part of that verse, James 5.13 not only does he say, is, is any one of you afflicted or any one of you in trouble to pray? He says, is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Are, 
Are you happy? Are you cheerful? Are things going well? Then sing songs of praise. Then praise God. Sometimes the challenge is when things aren't going well, man, we are on our face and on our knees and we're, we're crying out to God because we don't know what to do. And then when, when things ease up a little bit and when it, it seems as if God is, is working and things are going better, we find a way to uh, rationalize it all the way and say, well, that must, that must have been me because, you know, I've got a good head on my shoulders. Wasn't it wise what I did with our finances to try to pay for this, this, and this? Oh, and, and wasn't that pretty smart of me to connect with so-and-so or this doctor? And we'll find all kinds of ways to say what an incredible job we did rather than to sing praise or to offer praise and honor and thanksgiving to God. James is saying, listen, in times of difficulty and hardship and stress, when we've got needs, pray to God. Take them to him because he cares. And when things are going well and you're not in that situation, take that to God to praise, to honor, and to thank him. Who's responsible for that? It's God. God's given us that, that ability. God's given us the resources. God's granted wisdom and guidance with doctors in many of these situations. Sometimes we overlook, sometimes we neglect God as things are going well. So James starts out in this passage talking about some of the emotional needs that we face. Remember, God cares about you and I. God cares about those emotional needs. Secondly, this morning, know that God cares about our physical needs. Here's verse 14 and 15. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. So James gives some very practical, very simple instructions. Are you sick? Do you have a physical need in your body? Here's what you do. Call for the elders of the church. Call for spiritual leaders to pray. Notice the instruction here is not for the spiritual leaders to be mind readers. Call. Let people know when things are taking place. Let people know when there's surgeries. Let people know when you've been in the hospital. Let people know how to pray and how to intercede on your behalf. He says, call for the leaders. And then have them anoint you with oil and pray. That's what we're going to be doing at the conclusion of our service. We're going to call for some of our leaders. We're going to invite them forward. And then we're going to say, if you've got a need in your life, here's some spiritual leaders. Here's some elders of the church. Come and we'll anoint you with oil. Now, James didn't necessarily say it has to be a certain kind of oil bought from a certain kind of store or else it's just not going to work. The oil here, it's symbolic of the, the power of the Holy Spirit. We actually use this uh, anointing oil from a Christian resource company. It actually has, this says frankincense and myrrh. So we're being biblical. But as we anoint you with oil, it's 
very fragrant, it's sweet smelling. But the oil, the power is not in the oil. The power is not in the one that's anointing. Whether it's myself or one of these other leaders, as we kind of dab the oil, it's not because of who we are. It's not because of that oil that's being used. That's merely the symbol to say, this is going to be God to work in your heart, God to work in your body, God to work in your situation. You look at the way oil was used in a number of ways throughout the Word of God. In the Old Testament, if you remember when they would uh, anoint the priest, they would literally take the oil and just pour it over their head. It was this literal anointing from head to toe. You think about it, even in the New Testament, the Good Samaritan, oil was used kind of like a medicine in that particular sense. It's symbolic. There's power in prayer, but the power is not in, in the hands of the one praying. The power is not in the oil or the vial of oil. Power is in God. God cares about you, your physical body, the physical bodies of those that are near and dear to your heart. Divine healing, healing of our bodies is provided in the atonement of Jesus Christ as he died upon the cross for our sins. The way was made for salvation that we can come to know him as Lord and Savior, our sins being washed away, cleansed, and forgiven. Always also made that you and I can be healed. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, a familiar passage says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. It's not by the laying on of so-and-so's hands we are healed. It's by his stripes. And we're simply going to be faithful to obey the simple instructions to call for elders of the church, anoint with oil, and believe that that prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. See, it's the Lord who does that. He's the one that gets the honor. He's the one that gets the glory. I'm trusting. I'm believing. We might even have instantaneous miracle right here as we pray. And if that happens, here's what's not going to take place. We don't just all of a sudden have everybody leave the person that they're you know, praying for them and jump in line behind the person who got you know, healed and anointed because, well, it must be that person's hand. It's just simply, we know God can heal, God can provide, God can meet that need. God cares for you and what you and I are going through. The Word of God says He is the same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And we look through the Word of God, and don't you see healing after healing after healing? There's a bunch of them scattered throughout. The God that healed then is still able to heal now. God knows. God knows exactly what you're facing. God knows probably what even the doctors don't. As he gives them wisdom, as he gives them guidance, and they take test after test and and study after study, God already knows what's taking place in your body, and we're going to go to him 
to invite him, to ask him, to call upon him to heal. God cares about our emotional needs. God cares about our physical needs. Thirdly, God cares about our spiritual needs. Verse 16, James says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of the righteous It's powerful, and it's effective. In other words, God moves on behalf and in response to his people's prayers. God's concerned about our emotional needs. God's concerned about the physical needs of our bodies. Even more than that, God's concerned about the spiritual needs. You and I, the opportunity of living forever with him in eternity, we must be right spiritually. We must be right with God. Here's the thing, in our emotional needs, and our physical needs, and our spiritual needs, the enemy does a good job of getting us to think that we're all alone. Nobody else faces what I face. Nobody goes through, nobody knows what I'm going through. I mean, so-and-so's is kind of like mine, but it's just different. And we feel as if we're all alone, nobody knows, nobody understands, and so the the temptation or the tendency is to kind of withdraw ourselves from others. Many times to withdraw ourselves from God because we feel as if nobody knows or understands what we're going through. I want to encourage you this morning. God does. God knows what you're faced with, and God cares. Now, As we confess sin, as we come one to another to to pray, to encourage, to lift up and and believe for God to heal and guide and provide, it reminds us we're not the only one wrestling with stuff. Now, in just a little bit, as we invite you to come forward, there'll be many people up here, I believe, but there'll be all, all kinds of needs represented. There might even be one just like what you're facing. Or other individuals across our our city, across our area, across our state and nation, understand there are people that are facing and wrestling with and dealing with just what you and I are. You're not alone. God knows who you are. God knows where you are. And God cares about you. As you come and, and as you ask for somebody to pray and anoint you with oil and believe that the prayer of faith would heal, guide and provide. You're reminded about that fact. Maybe even be helped or encouraged. Maybe God would give them some words to encourage you. Maybe even as somebody who has been where you've been, they're able to give encouragement to you and I. This is the the prayer of the righteous. Not the prayer of the perfect. The prayer of the righteous prayer of the godly, someone whose sins have been confessed and forgiven. Maybe you've stopped praying. You think, man, I'm I'm not perfect. I'm not righteous. Ask God to come. Ask God to clean and cleanse and remove those sins. When we come to him many times, people do as a last resort. We say, well, I got to try this first, and I'm going to go to this doctor, and I'm going to do this, 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 and if all else fails, I guess I can have somebody pray for me. Let's try to flip that around and reverse that. Let's take our knees to the Lord first. 
Not to say that we don't use wisdom as well and make sure that we're seeing doctors or make sure that we're seeing physicians and make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. Make sure that we're taking medication when we need to and make sure that we're doing this and that. But in, in addition to those things, let's not put God at the end. Let's come to God first. And say, God, here I am. Emotional needs, physical needs, spiritual needs. I need you to come to cleanse, to forgive, to heal, to guide, to direct. Get those priorities in line to say, God, I'm coming to you first. God knows what's going on in your life, your body, your family, your situation, and God cares. He cares about the emotional needs that you're experiencing. He cares about the physical needs that you're experiencing. He cares about the spiritual needs that you're facing. That loved one, that family member, far from God, God knows, God cares. Finally, this morning, know that God cares about what matters to you. Verses 17 and 18, here's what James says. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. So James is going back and pointing us to the Old Testament. A drought came as a sign to the evil king Ahab of Israel, and it indicated that Baal did not have power over the rain. God did. Elijah was the prophet, and after all of this rain uh, was not present and, and uh, God had removed that, he prayed earnestly for no rain to fall, and no rain fell for three and a half years. Then he earnestly prayed for rain, and down it poured. What was important at that particular time? What was important was that the Israelites understand God is the one true God. God is over all. And after that point was demonstrated, what was important? That there would be rain for the crops, and he earnestly prayed, and God answered. What's important to you this morning? Understand that it's important to God. If you've worked with young people, or you've worked with children and children's ministries, or kids' church, or other things like that, toddler church, and you have prayer time in a Sunday school setting, you'll get lots of needs and lots of prayer requests from children. And they'll pray over little owies. They'll pray over their pets. I mean, all kinds of needs. Now, to you and I as grown-ups, as adults, the tendency, that, that temptation is to almost be a little bit cynical as if, <laughs> boy, if all we had to worry about was a hangnail on our finger. Just put a band-aid on that thing and go home. Sometimes that's what you think. Guess what? It's important to that little kid. And that pet that ran off that they don't know where it's at, or that pet that's sick that they've had literally their whole little life, that is huge to them. And they want to take their needs to God. If it's important to you, remember, it's important to God. There are no qualifications on prayer requests that are too big or too little to take to God. Because sometimes we, we, 
We have these qualifications and we say, if they're too big, don't bring them to God. Or if they're too little, don't bring them to God. Maybe you think something's just, it's so big, it's beyond you, it's beyond your strength, and I don't even know if God could. Well, maybe God could, but I'm not sure if he would, and so I don't even want to bother him because I'm just not sure. And we totally discount God working on our behalf because we think maybe something's too big or too complicated. On the other hand, sometimes we discount something because we feel it's too small. Well, I should just be able to figure it out on my own. I should be able to just take care of this little thing on my own. I don't know which one you have a problem bringing to God. Some of you bring the little things but struggle with surrendering the massive things to God. Some of you have no problem bringing the massive things to God, setting them down and walking away, but boy, you're hanging on to the little things. I'm here to encourage us. God knows what you're facing. God knows what you're dealing with and struggling with. And big or small, we can bring them to God. If it's important to you, it's important to God. Here's the other encouragement. I like verse 17, that very first sentence. It says, Elijah was a human being even as we are. Aren't you, I mean... I have a hard time saying it without smiling. As if James just wants to encourage us. I know we're talking about emotional needs and physical needs and spiritual needs, and I know you've got a lot. But remember, Elijah was a human being. No robots. I don't think they had robots in Bible times. He's reminding us, listen, Elijah is just like you and I. Because if we're honest, sometimes when we read the word of God, we think these men and women are, they've got an S on their chest. They're Superman. They're, they're Wonder Woman. They're heroes of the faith, and, and we refer to them as that. And yes, they are heroes of the faith, and God uses them in mighty ways, but they're human beings, just like you, just like me. Elijah was a, a man that God used in a mighty way, but he was a man, he was a human, and he came to God and prayed that it would not rain. God honored that prayer. It did not rain three and a half years. God revealed that he was the one true God. He was the one that the Israelites should be going to. And then at the end of that, he came to the Lord, and he prayed for rain, and God just abundantly blessed and that encouragement, that reminder to you, and boy, that reminder to me is this. I'm a human being. I can go to God just like he went to God. He can hear my prayer just like he heard Elijah's prayer. It's a quick question. Participation time. How many of you in this room are a human being? Raise your hand. If you're not raising your hand, we're going we're gonna to be checking you out here in just a little bit. I know we'll, we'll plug you into a, a light socket or something and see if you light up, but we're human beings. I'm pretty sure, I, I'm pretty sure we had 100% agreement that each and every one of us were human beings. We chuckle, we, we laugh, but James, through this illustration, is saying, remember, you and I were humans just like he was. 
And as you're reading the Old Testament or you're reading the New Testament and you're seeing healings and provisions and miracles, remember this. You're a human just like them. You can ask God and seek God just like them. On the other hand, that same God who healed and guided and provided, he hasn't changed. He's the same God who heals and guides and provides today. If it's important to you, it's important to God. Close with one final verse of Scripture. It's ultimately where the title comes. It's ultimately where the theme of this day comes. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. He writes, Cast all your cares upon Him. Who's the Him? It's God. Bring all your needs. Bring all your requests. Casting it all upon Him. Why? For He cares for you. God cares. He cares about the emotional needs that you're experiencing. He cares about the physical needs in your bodies. He cares about the spiritual and relational and all of the other things that you and I face and our loved ones face. God cares for you and he cares for me. Prayer works because God cares. Maybe here this morning with emotional and physical and spiritual and relational and, and other kinds of needs, bring them to God because God cares. Why do we pray? Why should we pray? Why in a few moments should you come forward and, and invite the elders of the church to pray and anoint you with oil? Because God cares. Why should we Pray one for another, and, and as maybe God would nudge and kind of encourage you to, to pray with somebody nearby or maybe a, a friend or another family member, why pray? Because God cares. Why is powerful? Because it's about God, and He cares. Whatever need you might be facing, whatever need you've brought in with you, whatever heavy burden has just weighted you down, in the right place, a place to surrender them to God, release them to God, and know that he knows and know that he cares. 